Welcome to the Little Tots Big Talks podcast. I am your host, Ryan, with Preschool Therapy. Today, we're talking gentle parenting. Let's just get started. Today, it's back to the basics. Five things you need to know about gentle parenting. Number one, what is it? So psychology calls it authoritative parenting. The most important thing to know is that no matter the name it goes by, when compared to other parenting styles, it is found to have improved mental health scores, higher rates of academic and professional success, and better social skills. There is a negative to it, though. It is a harder parenting style to do. It requires a lot more effort. It makes you have to think and do more work on yourself as a parent. But what is it at its core? At its core, there are three main things that we focus on. One, treating children with respect. That means we're not yelling and screaming at them and using intimidation. Two, we are focusing on the relationship and connection with kids. That means we're using a lot of empathy and we're allowing children to have emotions and we are listening to those emotions. And three, we are focusing on teaching rather than telling. All right, now let's break down each one of these things individually and we'll start with the research. To start off with, who coined the name gentle parenting? Well, really, it started with Diana Baumrind, who was a clinical psychologist, and she came up with the idea of three parenting styles, permissive, authoritative, and authoritarian. If you look at that on a spectrum, permissive is on the low end of having any kind of real boundaries with kids. Authoritarian is on the opposite end of that, having really intense boundaries, usually focused on more obedience styles. And authoritative is going to fall in the middle. Where did the word gentle come from? Really, it's been just the brand that has taken off through social media, primarily on TikTok. So when we say gentle parenting or one of the other many names that have been coming out, you can hear respectful parenting and conscious parenting, parenting with understanding. It doesn't really matter the name that it goes by. Most importantly is the idea that we're talking about, which is authoritative parenting. Now, the research has been going on on this for a long time now. Baumrein came up with these names back in the 1960s, and it has been researched pretty consistently since then. And generally, the research finds a couple of things. Permissive and authoritarian styles of parenting tend to have worse results for kids. On both ends of this, we usually see problems in the following areas. Having a poor academic performance, usually struggling with mental health issues such as anxiety and depression, higher rates of addictions and substance abuse issues, and having poor social skills. Where authoritative parenting, as we said earlier, tends not to have these problems. In fact, kids tend to perform better in mental health scores, social skills, and academic performance. But as I said earlier, authoritative parenting is a harder style of parenting to do because it tends to pull children into the relationship and having a voice rather than the other two styles. Now, in order to understand that, we'll talk about each one of these very briefly, and then we'll dig in a little bit more into authoritative parenting and how to use it. So we'll start with permissive parenting. Permissive parenting is usually really high in relationship and connection, but really low in setting any kind of boundaries. Another word for it has been indulgent. This means that they tend to more give in to what their kids want rather than actually holding boundaries, which boundaries are really important because they teach our kids how to regulate themselves and understand that there are limits to what they can and can't do and should and shouldn't do. 
On the other end, we have authoritarian styles of parenting who tend to be much less focused or non-existent in the relationship realm, but very focused on obedience. And this is usually seen in styles that uh, tend to be more intimidating and fear-based rather than relationship and teaching-based. Whereas this style of parenting tends to use things like yelling, threatening, and usually using corporal kind of punishment like spanking. Now, authoritative parenting is the middle of both of these. So it tends to be very high in relationships and connection and very focused on having boundaries. But being the best of everything, having a really high relationship that focuses on empathy and and talking to your children and allowing them to talk to you and express themselves, as well as learning how to set boundaries in a way that doesn't use fear and intimidation, but rather uses teaching, does require a lot more work. This is because, one, teaching usually does take more time. Yes, we can always scare somebody into doing something, typically children, so we can say, if you hit your brother again, I'm going to beat you, and then they're going to stop in that moment, though it doesn't teach long-term skills. So in this style, we focus on the underlying issues that are going on. So in the in the case of my child hit somebody, instead of saying, I'm going to hit beat you if you do that again, we might say, okay, our child is struggling with uh, anger issues. So we need to focus on how to help them regulate their feelings. Or we understand that developmentally, they're at a stage where they're struggling with being able to resist that impulse not to hit their brother when they take their toy. Ergo, we need to find ways to restructure the home in order to help them have a relationship, but also not to uh, encourage hitting. So as you can see, just in that small scenario, it requires a lot more work and thinking and planning in order to make it work appropriately. But in the long term, it tends to have much better results because when children learn how to do something and learn how to make good decisions and to regulate their emotions, then later on, whenever that parent isn't there, they do a much better job of being able to apply those skills. Whereas a parent who uses intimidation, the child tends to behave very well in that moment and when that adult is around, but not in other contexts. This is why those children tend to do much worse at school. Because that person that is supposed to be, that has become their regulating factor no longer is there, so they have it lays on to them, and they don't have the skills, so they struggle. One of the greatest examples of this is, I want you to imagine that you are driving down the road, right? You're driving, and you're going about, well, let's say you're, you're in a hurry, so you're driving about 15 over, and you go over a hill, and you see a police officer on the side of the road. Now, like most people, you're going to probably try and slow down. You might try the, the trick where you just let the car coast down because you don't want them to see that you hit the brakes, which is like, in our mind, an admission of guilt. You might just try and slow down, get into the other lane. And as you pass the officer, you're going to start watching in your rearview mirror to see if they're following you. Are they going to give you a ticket or not? Now... Let's say in this situation, they decided not to give you a ticket or they didn't catch you or they pulled over somebody else. And 
you're driving down the road and I want you to ask yourself, how long does it usually take you in that moment before you find yourself starting to pick up the speed again? And if you're like most, it doesn't take very long because again, that police officer isn't there. So the fear factor is gone and now you are speeding again. Now, if you want to ask yourself, why shouldn't I speed? And we start looking at the core reasons underlying our decision to do that, usually that tends to have a longer and much more successful result in slowing us down. But even in that scenario, you can tell that trying to figure out the reasons that I'm speeding and the reasons that I shouldn't speed and convincing myself why I need to slow it down is going to take more work. The police officer, as soon as you saw them, you slowed down, but it doesn't carry in the long term. Now, let's talk about the roots of authoritative parenting. As we said before, the main focuses are respect, teaching, and relationship. Now, when I say that we're trying to treat children with respect, what I mean is that we're trying to treat them like human beings who have their own desires and wants and motivations and personalities, and that they are going to have particular ways of doing things that may be different than how we would do it or how we would want to do it, and that is okay. At the same time, we do still need to understand that we still need to be responsible for teaching them how to engage in the world. So it's learning how to do this in a balancing way that still treats children with respect. And generally, this is done through mainly learning how to build trust in a relationship in your kids rather than using fear-based and physical methods of trying to control them. So a respectful way of helping children is to, one, understand their developmental level, understand brain development, understand why they're doing what they're doing. And when we start to look at the underlying things that are going on, it really helps us to start to mold our parenting style around our child, which is why authoritative parenting is also much more appropriate when children who have Uh, neurodiversity, like ADHD and autism, but not just with them, with all children. This is just a better style of parenting. Additionally, we focus much more on the relationship and connection with our kids. And underlying this is learning how to empathize with your children, which just builds on top of what we were talking about and when we discussed respect. So if your child comes home and they are really upset and they're crying or maybe they start yelling at their sibling they start taking out their bad day on them an empathic parent is going to set boundaries but also understand and listen to their child and because they have been doing this for long enough their child understands that their parent is somebody that they can confide in so the parent might say hey you're having a really rough day and, and I see that you're yelling at your brother. What's up, man? It can be as simple as that, as a way to empathize with them, to relate with them. Now, once we've empathized and we've been able to work with them and help them get through the emotions of everything, then we can start talking about how they started, how they were interacting with their sibling. And as a result, we'll be able to help them to learn better ways of dealing with those situations in the future. 
Now, additionally, this style of parenting is much more focused on teaching. We understand that there are many skills that children need in order to survive in the world, and we know that it is our job to teach them how to do those things, not to tell them how to do it, but to help them learn how to do it themselves. The old adage of, should you teach a child to fish or should you just give them the fish? We focus on teaching them how. So if, for example, your teenage child comes home and they're like, ah, my friend Sarah, they just, they won't talk to me anymore and I just, I hate them so much and an authoritative parent isn't going to be like, you know what? It sounds like Sarah's not a very good friend and you know what you need to do? Probably just need to stop talking to her. Now, one, a teenager is going to hear that and be like, yeah, whatever. But an authoritative parent is going to hear them out and say, wow, that sounds really hard. And I hear you. And, you know, when I've had friends and I was in high school and they stopped talking to me, it was really tough. And they might leave it there. Eventually, they might say, what do you think you're going to do? And by doing that, we're allowing kids and teens to be able to start learning how to solve their own issues. And that's what we want. We don't, we're not going to be there when they're in college or even if they're a teenager and they're out with their friends and something happens, we're not going to be there in that moment. We need them to have the ability to regulate themselves, to understand what's going on and to know how to solve those problems. So by teaching them and having these conversations, we are helping them be better humans and have better social skills. Now, I have been making videos on authoritative and gentle parenting for almost two years now, and I've been studying it and teaching parents as a therapist doing this for much longer than that. So a lot of times the questions I get are, how do I get started? I, there's just so much here. And what do I do with this specific situation? So my child refuses to sleep, or they're not eating, or they are constantly fighting with their sibling. What am I supposed to do with that specific situation? And the problem is we get really kind of bogged down in the very specific strategies and techniques and we forget about the core. So when I get asked those questions, a lot of times I start to try and picture it from the root of the value system that I pull into gentle parenting. So again, focusing on respect, empathy, and teaching. And generally in that order. So if my child is hitting their sibling, one, I'm going to be like, okay, developmentally, they are two years old and hitting is normal, or they are 10 and hitting is a pretty big issue here. We need to figure out what's going on. So rather than just yelling at them and screaming at them to stop hitting, I'm going to be like, dude, what's going on? I noticed you're hitting people. It's not okay to hit. Tell me what's happening. And we're having these conversations in a way that is respectful. And we're empathizing whenever they say, you know what, I'm tired of him breaking up into my room and coming in and touching my stuff, and that's why I hit him. All right, I hear you. Now, he's five, and I get that you're really upset that he's in your room, right? Let's talk about it. That's empathy, and that is teaching. So when we are talking about gentle parenting and starting, if you can get the root stuff down the core, the understanding respect, understanding how to empathize with your kids, even though you might be confused and frustrated. And we can learn how to identify what is the skill that our child needs in that moment. Then we can 
weigh every situation to that and it will be able to help us guide them better. As always, if you have any questions at all, please feel free to visit me on any of my social media. Instagram, it's Preschool Therapist. TikTok, it's Preschool Therapy. You can also find me on YouTube, and that is Preschool Therapist.